from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in this morning, Monday, May 8th, 2023. I hope everyone had a relaxing weekend as good as one can have. We're back from Dallas, Texas. In the studio, we've got a packed show this morning, a slew of vulnerabilities, a slew of new ransomware actors, some updates on the Dallas ransomware attack on Western Digital, as well as Joe Sullivan stealing the headlines over the weekend. We'll get to that all on this morning's show. Please make sure to subscribe, cyberhubpodcast.com. Cyberhubpodcast.com. Find all the latest. You can catch it all there. Um, all, all the latest content, everything else. We had a great, great time at the uh, Dallas Data Connectors event. Um, some great shorts that are available on our YouTube channel. Go check those out as well. Now, without further ado, join me in raising our espresso this morning. My double espresso coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. Brilliant. And we are all set. Let's kick off this show with a critical vulnerability in the Siemens ICS design for the energy sector. The vulnerabilities track the CVE 2023-28489er. It's impacting the CPCI 85 firmware of the SciCam A8000, CP8031, and 8050 products. It can be exploited by an unauthenticated attacker for remote code executions. These are RTUs, so essentially remote terminal units, designed for telecontrol and automation in the energy supply sector, particularly in substations. Patches are available for firmware's version CPCI 8.5 version 0.5 or later, and the German industrial giant also noted that the risk of exploitation can be reduced by limiting access to the web server on TCP ports 80 and 443 using your firewall. In an advisory that was published on April 11th, Siemens said it learned about the flaw from a team of researchers at SEC Consult, which is now part of Avidian. Um, Yohan uh, Grail, head of the SEC Consult, told Security Week that an attacker who can exploit CVE 2023-28489er can take complete control of the device and it could potentially destabilize the power grid and possibly even cause blackouts by changing critical automation parameters. Threat actors could also leverage the vulnerability to implement, uh, implement backdoors. And so little to say that you want to get this updated ASAP if it's operating within your environment. More on the paper cut vulnerability with another proof of concept exploit released that is uh, actively exploited. The paper cut vulnerability, which we've reported on, is tracked as CVE 2023-27350. It's a critical severity unauthenticated remote code execution flaw in the paper cut MF for NG versions 8.0 or later. The flaw was first disclosed in March of this year, warning it, it allows attackers to execute code through paper cuts built-in scripting interface. A later update to the advisory and uh, uh, an, uh, an update later in, in, in April warned that the vulnerability was being actively exploited in attacks. It's been added to CISA's known exploited vulnerabilities. Um, and a new method now discovered can bypass existing detections, which allows the attackers to really ex exploit the vulnerability unobstructed. The report shows that detection that focus on a one-code execution method or that focus on a small subset of techniques used by one threat actors are doomed to be useless in the next round of attacks. Bonecheck uh, explains that the uh, Sysmon-based detection relying on process creation analysis already beaten by existing POCs. They use alternate child process creation pathways. So you want to make sure you're dealing with this vulnerability. There's obviously a whole slew 
of ways to take advantage of it. Now this is the second that we've reported on. I've seen more. You want to check this out, go see our show notes where there's a link to the full article with the YouTube videos and all the proofs from Vonecheck on what they found if you're impacted by paper cut or it could potentially be an impact in your supply chain. WordPress continues to suffer. And what I mean by that, it's the world's most popular website building platform. Many large organizations use WordPress. I mean, large. The challenge with WordPress isn't WordPress. The challenge with WordPress is their open source plugin field. Their open source plugin field is a threat vector. And in fact, as a CISO, many times I've had to work closely with marketing on addressing these and put together a mitigation plan and 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 have had to assign someone on our team to actually keep track of what's going on on the website. And that's very, very difficult to do in a world where they're constantly adding stuff to the site. The new issues identified as CVE 2023-30777 relates to a case of a reflected cross-site scripting that could be abused to inject arbitrary executable scripts into an otherwise benign site. The plugin that's impacted by this is, I believe, what did they say? Uh, sorry, the plugin, which is available both as free or pro versions, has over 2 million active installations. The issue, the issue was discovered and reported on May 2nd of this year, like last week. The vulnerability allows an unauthenticated user from stealing sensitive information, in this case, privilege escalation on the WordPress side by tricking a privileged user to visit a crafted URL path. The reflected cross cross-site scripting attacks usually occur when victims are tricked into clicking on a bogus link sent via email or another route. Um, so there's that there, um, and you want to make sure to address that. And one thing I would do is when you see these, just share them with whoever the website admins are, make sure they're aware of them, have a mitigation plan in place, make it part of kind of like your vulnerability management system and, and, and move it along. Um, and, and that's going to be really, really, really um, significant there as well. All right, we're moving on to another one, Akira, which is a new ransomware operation going after our types of businesses, y'all, the enterprise. They've been slowly building a list of victims. They're breaching corporate networks worldwide. They're encrypting files and then demanding a million-dollar ransom. They've launched in March of this year. Akira claims to have already conducted attacks on 16 companies in different various industries, including education, finance, real estate, manufacturing, and consulting. While another ransomware named Akira was released in 2017, this appears to be just a, we haven't done our research, we like the name Akira, and so that's what we're going to operate under. A sample of the Akira ransomware was discovered by the malware hunter team who shared a sample with bleeping computer so it could be analyzed. When executed, Akira will delete Windows shadow volume copies on the device by running the following PowerShell command. And it's great to take this PowerShell command, tag it, so if anyone's trying to run it, you block it. The ransomware will then proceed to encrypt files that contain the following extensions. When encrypting, the encryptor will skip files found in the recycle bin system volume information, boot program data, and Windows folders. We'll also avoid encrypting the Windows system files with exe.lnk, dll, msi, and sys. When encrypting files, the ransomware also encrypts and appends the .acura extension to the file's name. An example of file named one.doc would be encrypted to one.doc.akira as shown in the encrypted file before. Akira also uses a Windows Restart Manager API to close processes or shut down Windows services that may be keeping a file open and preventing encryption. They'll then add the README text, um, obviously uh, letting people know that that's what they're going after. Um, they do have a data like seek 
site leak data site leak sorry i can't data leak site i i can't it's monday morning can you guys please please forgive me it's monday akira will breach a corporate network spread laterally then they'll try to blackmail people through their data leak site through their data site leak sorry whatever and there's that so another group on the move here the city of dallas which was hit by a which now we know was hit by the royal ransomware attack um so on thursday i was in dallas at data connectors um that evening as i was flying in wednesday night um get text letting people know that hey city of dallas is under a ransomware attack um just ahead of the show um so local media reported that the city police communication and it systems were shut down this led to having a uh, 911 dispatcher having to write down received reports for officers rather than submit them via computer assisted dispatch system the dallas uh, county police department website was also offline for part of the day due to the security incident has since been restored today they've confirmed that the ransomware attack caused the disruption um, and now they're saying royal ransomware is behind it um, and then that's really the story there um, the city has confirmed that a number of servers were compromised impacting several functions around the dallas police department um and some of the issues impacting the mayor and city council were notified of the incident. But as of right now, um, not a whole lot of information on how they got in. The Royal Ransomware Group are the ones that are behind this one. And a photo of the ransom note shared with a Bluetooth computer allows to confirm the operation. Uh, the Royal Ransomware operation is believed to be an offshoot of the Conti Group, which was uh, technically shut down to come back under a new name. Uh, it's unknown if any data has been stolen from the city of Dallas. I can tell you, speaking to people I know that are on the ground there um, battling this ransomware attack, um, it's significant because it did target some of the more critical functions of the city of Dallas. And so keep that in mind. Western Digital has also said that their attackers stole customer data in the March cyber attack. The company emailed the data breach notification late Friday afternoon, hoping it would die off over the weekend warning that customers' data that was stored in the Western Digital Database was stolen during the attack. Based on the investigation, on or around March 26th, an unauthorized party obtained a copy of the Western Digital Database that contained limited PII of our online store customers. The information included customer names, billing, shipping addresses, email addresses, and telephone numbers. As a security measure, the relevant database stored in encrypted format, hashed passwords, and partial credit card numbers. Uh, Western Digital has taken its uh, store offline while they continue investigating the incident with the store now displaying a message stating we'll be back soon. We are unable to process orders at this time. The company expects to restore access by next week. Western Digital also warns impacted customers to be vigilant against spirit phishing attacks where threat actors impersonate the company in order to gain more information. So they shut down their systems. They're now coming to the fact that there is a data leak. The question is, was customer data compromised here? Was the data you stored in Western Digital compromised? And if it was, um, how significant is that? So we'll see that. And we'll end with this story. Uh, former Uber CISO Joe Sullivan was uh, sentenced to a three-year probation after being found guilty of uh, lying, essentially, in the Uber 2016 Uber breach. So... The judge ruled that Sullivan, uh, um, the, the the prosecutors, first let's start off with this. Prosecutors were hoping to give him 15 months in prison. 
Um, the defense wanted probation. The defense ended up uh, winning this one. Um, so this is significant because one, had he been sentenced to prison, I think that would have been a very, very scary, um, you know, as a CISO, I can tell you that would have been significantly uh, making you question uh, the kind of job you do and how you report uh, things. The fact that he got probation still isn't any better, but uh, Joe Sullivan's on a three-year probation. Um, and so there's that. Um, so so good for Joe. At least he's he's not going to prison, and that's really all that matters. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. right here live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Catch us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Make sure to subscribe. And most importantly, y'all, on this Monday morning, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.